this is your last chance. After this, there's no turning back. You take the blue pill, the podcast ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe in your sorry life. Or you take the red pill and you stay in Wonderland where we dissect the Matrix and our top six fight scenes in film. Got another idea. How about I show you the finger where you just start the podcast? Hello, welcome once again to the Paul and Griff show. You've got myself, Paul. And you've got myself, Griff. And we are back once again with another action-packed, exciting show. This week we are dissecting none other than... The Matrix. Matrix, indeed. We are entering the Matrix. Anything is possible as we dissect um, one of the most exciting franchises. I think I'm looking to this. And also to go along with this, we've got another top six. They are back. And this week we are looking at our top six fight scenes in film. Yeah, that's going to be, um, it's been a pleasure to watch, I believe. I think I'm, I'm excited about this one. It's going to be a good little discussion. Um, top six fight scenes in film. But before that, we're going to start like we do every week. And that is this week's movie news. Bum, bum, bum. And we start off, it seems like we start off every week with some b- bad news. Um, we lost Kelly Preston today, John Travolta's wife. Um, sadly lost her life to breast cancer, two-year battle. Most known for her roles in Twins, Jerry Maguire. Um, yeah, just a shame, but obviously worth a mention. Yeah, dead sad thoughts and prayers to um, anyone that's affected. John Travolta's second wife um, lost by cancer, and I think he lost his son only a couple of years ago. So, um, definitely thoughts go out to John and um, his family. John, like I know him, like John Tra- <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Um, moving on, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back tops the US box office for the first time in twenty-three years. Bum, bum. Definitely a new story I didn't think I'd see. But obviously Uh, with COVID-19 and 2020 being what it is, it's given, uh, I suppose, loads of classic films uh, a breath of life. If you're you're like a movie buff, there's a lot of films that you kind of almost like look back and think, man, I wish I could have seen that at the cinema. Oh, massively. And um, Empire Strikes Back for a lot of people might be that film. I mean, it's been released a couple of times, but there's still going to be a new generation that wouldn't have experienced it on such a massive screen. So that's why I think releasing some of these, I mean, I'd go see Ghostbusters in the cinema. I'd see Ghostbusters in the cinema. I'd see like um, Jaws, Die Hard. You know, I'd see any of them in the cinema, Matrix. But you know what I mean? They're just... uh... (laughs) Got out the disclaimer. Really, especially before our generation, where we was born, or we were too young to kind of appreciate. Oh, yes, to see thing, like I mean... I'd even see like we'll touch on in a minute. I'd love to see like Rocky on the big screen. Well, that's it. There's there's plenty of classic films, and then cinema could just learn from this and do it everywhere and have like you know Throwback Thursday or something. Where they just play a couple of retro films, and I think there's enough 
because you know you, you have the new crowd that go there for like date nights and that but but your core audience is you know your people have the limitless cards and are movie buffs and, and love films and if you get to see some iconic films like I mean hell look, it was only a couple of years ago you and me went to see Fight Club again because someone was showing it we did you know? so oh. it's um you know, there's a there's a good thing for that. I mean, you'd watch all the screen films. Oh, oh most definitely. Just to experience it again because it's just there, and also, you know, you get to meet you know sort of like-minded sort of fans of the similar films, and it's um, yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, you got got. It's not new, nothing new to like places like the Prince Charles Cinema in London that shows like classic films. Well, yeah, I don't think I mean, there's that... enough. Like, I don't know why Odeon and you can't just do a like blast from the past film every week. I don't know why it has to take a, a COVID night. I think they'll be, at the end of the day, they've got empty screens half the time anyway, so I don't see what they've got to lose. I just I just think it gives, like I said, people a real chance to go back and see films that you might never expected to have seen on the big screen in your lifetime. Even things like Terminator 2, we were talking about the other week. That's, that's got a, enough going on that you'd want to see that on the big screen again because it was just oh, built for that. A lot of these films it's were built for cinema. Like Star Wars, I mean, I'd be tempted to go back and see a lot of them again. The original, bit of, Robo, bit of Robocop, bit of Robocop, cool. yeah. And um, I'd like to see a little bit of um, Rambo First Blood. And speaking of Rambo, oh, Sylvester Stallone thinks there may be more in the life to the old um, Rambo character. There may be more. Ooh. Uh, I must admit, I haven't seen Rambo Last Blood yet. I am excited to know when I went on Amazon Prime yesterday, it is there to watch for free. So oh, I will that's... be watching it soon. Oh, sweet. Let's go on the list. I love Rambo First Blood. And I loved, I don't know if it was called John J. Rambo or just Rambo. You've got like two and three, which are like, yeah. I thought, but, I thought what the, um, not the new new, but the last new. The last new I that, thought was good. That was, just, that was just Rambo, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just called Rambo. Yeah, just called Rambo, and that was that really film good. was um, that film was wild. I saw that in the cinema. I love that film. Definitely, I think it just kind of caught me off guard. It was just a good old school sort of beatdown kind of film. Enjoyed it. It's carnage. I'm guessing, um, yeah, Rambo: Last Blood may not be the last blood that we know. So, very excited. I just. Sylvester Stallone loves. He said he'd never see Rocky again, but then he's also teased a, a director's cut of Rocky Four, which we touched on previous week. So um, let's see if we do get another Rambo. Also, I want a director's in... cut of a stop on a mammal shoot. <laughs> I, just cut, I just want a cut of that. Cut well, of that released profits. on Amazon Prime. Why have we got to pay for? But you noticed a lot of the time you've got to pay for shit films. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? No one seems to have the right to shit films. Everyone seems to go for like, the big boys. But if you want to rent like a guilty pleasure, like you know, Weekend at Bernie's or something, it's you got to pay like three ninety nine or something for it. It's never just there. Why yeah, is this? It's, 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 it's really weird. Some of the things that Amazon Prime have are, even though I suppose it's a different argument, just how difficult it is the Amazon when you feel like not everything you see is what you can watch. Yeah, no, it's just. It's just kind of like, you know, sit like that just blows my mind a bit. I bet if you go on there and you want to see like cocktail or something, it'd be like three ninety nine or seven pounds in HD, even though the film's not fucking in HD, but that's a different argument. But yeah. 
I keep on wanting to see a league of their own because I can't find my DVD copy. But no one, none of the streaming services, which I feel like I own all of them, um, show it. So but I ain't paying three ninety nine. No, I'll wait. Uh, moving on, I suppose it's not massive news just because I've seen it all over Twitter. And I know we we touched on the trailer a couple of weeks ago. Palm Springs is being noted as the comedy of the summer. When are That's, we getting it? Yeah, but to be fair. What other comedies are coming out? Eurovision. Again, yeah. we touched on. Yeah, Eurovision's comedy this summer. It's different. Eurovision's different, though. It's not full-on comedy. It's a beautiful journey. This is more of a gripe. I've, I've tweet, We have tweeted, should I say, when are we getting it? And we want to stop hearing people brag how good it is. It's exclusive to Hulu in America. No news of us getting it over here. We want it. I we need it. it. Need it and we'll review it. Give oh. us it as an exclusive and we'll review it as a bonus. Give us it on a USB stick. But I'm glad to hear it's done very well. Just stop bragging about it, America. We want it. <laughs> and a little bit of breaking news. I wonder when we break news like come soon. We're getting on July 17th Godzilla versus Kong teaser trailer. Yeah, a little inside scoopy. Me and Griff obviously go through movie news before the show. Uh, we'll send each other what we found. And this was my input this week. Just the love of Godzilla versus King Kong. Anything Godzilla, I'm all about that life. Um, it's probably been remade too many times for my liking, but Godzilla versus King Kong, the original one, is a massive guilty pleasure of mine. I adore this film. And for them to remake it, I'm intrigued. It's going to be... Um... The cast is really, really good. It's got Millie it's... Bobby, really Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. Yeah. It's got Alexander Skarsgård, um, best known at the moment from Big Little Lies and also True Blood. Rebecca Hall. It's got a star-studded cast and you'd think with the budget... It's uh, going to be wild. Really, really will do. At the moment, it's set for a November 2020 release date. Oh, that's a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for, excited for the trailer. Um, yeah, no, definitely. That's that's a big cinema one for me. I mean, you know, like I said, the more we delve into this over time, the more you find out how much I love Godzilla. So I'll definitely Godzilla, Godzilla, all about this. I'm 100 percent be watching it in the cinema. Um, expectations are always there. Disappointment often follows, but I'll keep going. Whoever wins, we lose. Is Oh. That'd be great. That was, that was old. Alien versus to... Predator. That's Alien versus Predator, wasn't it? Whoever loses can then... return to the sea. <laughs> and a little bit of news: Jumanji: The Next Level has crossed the eight hundred million dollar mark. Um, and The Rock says the next movie will be the best one yet. If you smell so, what I'm cooking, The Rock is just money, and no surprise there will be another one. I hope they mix it up a little bit. Um, I did <sighs> prefer in Jumanji the next level when they got back to being their original characters. Yeah, I like I thought the first one as in the first remake with the rock and or the first um continuation with the rock was funnier. I yeah. almost actually prefer these to the original than I first um you know highly controversial but I love the idea of them actually being in the game and then finding out they're these characters and all that. I'm I'm super cool with that. I thought it was um 
hilarious and I've seen both of them. I liked them both a lot. So yeah, I'd watch the third. Oh, I'd, I'd definitely be there. Definitely. Going from a little bit of this week in film history, um, in 1988, we obviously timed this very wrong. Um, Die Hard, starring Bruce Willis and Anna Rittman, is released in the US. That was our last episode, a week early, just oh, we'll to get you there. excited about this anniversary. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? That is weird. Uh, 2005, Wedding Crashes, starring Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn premieres. I don't even know what the fuck a quail is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that film. It's underrated. <laughs> it is. Bradley Cooper's um, big main role, first role. Wow. It seems. Uh, wow. Film premiere in 2001, Jurassic Park 3 premieres in the US. Is Jurassic Park 3 the first time they had like flying dinosaurs? I think so, yeah. Is it the and, one with the bus scene where the bus is hanging what... over the cliff and the, the grass is like cracking? Of them on the glass at the back of the bus. That's two. Is it? The glass crack is number two. Right, number three is where the di- the big dinosaur swallows the mobile phone, and every now and then you hear the like Nokia noise, and that's how you knew the big dinosaur was coming along. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Sound like and everyone looks really scared because they know the big massive. I remember. I'm excited for that. Um, In gone. Yeah, we'll dissect that in the future. Oh, definitely. That that franchise is definitely there for the taking. Another yeah, franchise for the taking. Yeah. 2012, Dark Knight Rises, premieres in New York. Yeah. That's, I was um, born in the dark. <laughs> that's a fantastic franchise. Um, it's a trilogy go. That's um, definitely exciting. Um, just all of it. I mean, again, it's hard, isn't it? Um, Joker, like amazing, Bane, amazing, the original, not the worst film in the world. Um, yeah, probably apart from Wonder Woman, the, the best thing DC have done in a long time. Oh, massively, hands down. Couple it almost kind of fucked them, really, didn't it? I think they set the bar too high. It was not, well, I think they did it on purpose, they just made a good film, but I don't think they realized how good it was. It'd be like, you know. And then they tried to replicate it with Man of Steel, like a dark film, but Superman isn't a dark character. But it's like, um, um, we, we've said, like, um, with, like, Marvel, Sonny doing, like, a Black Widow sort of pre-story. Mm. And you kind of sit there and think, after all we've been through, all this epicness, this amazing journey of just complete crazy wars, ends, fantasy, everything, we're going to do a prequel. Yeah, it all began. You just think, wow. I mean, I get it. The first for Marvel and Avengers is real, but I just, I think that's, um, I think that's totally should have been out about seven years ago. Oh yeah, most definitely. It's, it's just, just hard to do it all when you know sort of how it all ends. You know. Yeah, especially how that character ends, anyway. Yeah, it's just, yeah. But I think I say that every week, so I'll leave it. <laughs> in 1988, shooting begins on Bond film License to Kill. Uh, if everyone doesn't know, I'm a massive Bond fan. That Tina Turner one. No, she did Goldfinger. Who's License to go. Kill? Shirley. Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight, that was it. Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight. 
And you know I'm going straight for you. Oh, that one. Got a license to kill. That was beautiful. We also oh. made the soundtrack, Get in Touch. <laughs> that was um, Timothy Dalton's um, last outing as Bond before Piers Brosnan took well, over. Because obviously, you know, Billy Eilish has, you know, come and gone with the Bond film. I, I feel they should do a new Bond theme for when it is released officially and we could do that. I think so. Do you know what that Billy <laughs> like theme? I've only just started to really love and appreciate because I think, given it when I first listened to it, it was a bit moody, but now I'm really digging it. So I think. The time, space for the film was perfect. It's all perfect ploy. I saw like loads of um, sort of crates of beer in that have like bond competitions, but they don't know if they're real anymore. Because you win like tickets to all kinds of, I guess, like premieres and stuff, but it's sort of. Imagine that you win already, ain't it? Yeah, it's a bit like that time um, you won tickets to the Champions League final. (laughs) No. Do you remember that? Well, yeah, of course I do. That's why I brought it up. Oh, the crazy <laughs> story. And then, oh, I forgot all about that. That's what I'm here for, mate. Got really excited about that. <laughs> I know you did. You did everyone got the was. same. Everyone got the same thing. I was just sitting there like, are we going or not? And you were like, oh, I might take my wife. And I was like, are we going or not? You know. <laughs> oh, uh, memories. Yeah, it's good. Uh, last bit of news. Um, well, this week in history, Captain America: The First Avenger premieres in Los Angeles in 2011. We just may mention Captain America a little bit later, but we'll see. Oh, what a potential little tease! Everybody um, was yeah. gung-fu fighting. It started a um, started a whole generation of epicness, didn't it? I guess really did. And that's this week in history out of the way. So Yay. I think it's time to follow the white rabbit. It is time to follow the white rabbit. We love dissecting films. And this week we are dissecting now and then the Matrix. We're looking at all things you can think of. Um, obviously, all the films. We're going to mention a few toys and other bits that we can find. There is a lot of Matrix. I know there's a game, but I haven't really looked up about it. Have you looked up the game? Yeah, there's a couple of games. Oh, see, we're going to talk about games as well, because Griff knows the games. That's Griff why his name's the Gamer games. Griff. <laughs> I don't know if it is. It just sounds it's like GG, isn't it? GG. It's yeah. on YouTube. That game of Griff. I don't I don't stream a lot, but check me out if you want to. But when I do, it's shit. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, The Matrix, everyone. Came oh. out 24th of March, 1999 in America and the 11th of June, 1999 in the UK. And I remember fond memories of this. This was, and I went from my head thinking about it this week. This was pre-Paul. Whereas I think we worked together, but we weren't besties. But I went with my mates to cinema every week this year, it seems. There was like The Mummy, Cool Intentions, and this was somewhere in the middle of it. And this was kind of pre Paul kind of era. After that, was kind of, we were non separable after that. But this was just a peak year. 
Hey, this is when you people. were young and happy and free. I'm free. And then I sort of came into the world and here we are. Blew it apart. Blew it he showed apart. me the real world. He gave he gave me the right he gave me the red pill and <laughs> never looked back since. Force it down your fucking throat. No. It made me open my eyes. Um it's about a computer hacker. He learns from mysterious rebels about the true nature of his reality and his role in the war against its controllers. It was written and directed by the Wachowski brothers, now known as the Wachowskis. Oh. Because um, they're now known as Lenny and Lana. Uh, like they it. previously wrote Bound Together. So Bound was released before this. Really good kind of gang- gangster mob kind of film. But this was their... This was their... What do you call it? Gold. They hit. They struck gold with this. Yeah, I mean this. This. Um, this was a game changer for a lot of things, for obviously their career-wise, but also for um, sort of cinema influences. This is a. Um, yeah, this is a game changer. Well, massively, massively influenced loads of it. Keanu Reeves as Neo, who previously done I suppose, speed as, as action roles. Obviously, he did Bill and Ted before that. And oh, I was Pacific Rim, not Pacific Rim. Oh my god, I made a massive boo boo there. Yeah, Pacific <laughs> Rim's like the, the they were um rumored to get involved with Godzilla, weren't they? Were they because I think um they own the franchise, they're the same person or same company owns all the franchises. There was rumors that the Godzilla was going to end with a Pacific Rim type deal where they have the big robots and fight him. That's awesome. specific room, isn't it? That is specific room. I'm thinking of point break. No, oh, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of point point break. Well, can I, I just love can it. I just throw out how shit the remake was? Can I just <laughs> I just want to I just want to get out there for the people. But um, you know, he, he's doing a lot of films. This was a this is a massive um change for him. Like I said, it was an evolution of um his character. And we spoke about Bill and Ted, obviously, there's a new one coming out, and it's yep. films like this. Which is why I was saying it's hard to see him back as that character because it's almost like he's become so sort of iconic with like these massive, like The Matrix, John Wick, those sort of like films that to see him back as that, you kind of think, oh wow, this is hard for me to almost see as that character anymore. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting for him to go back to be the kind of whoa, that's what, it, <laughs> kind of, kind of character. Probably easy. But I'm all role, for it. He's got, he's, he's, he's doing, he's, he's going for like the sequels. You've got at the moment. I know. I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit. John Wick Four and Matrix Four are set to be released in the same weekend in 2022. I, I can't see that staying or sticking. But that's wild. I mean, that's like... Well, have you ever heard anything like that? Never. Not, not, not two big, massive franchises. With the same actor. And if you ask me, what would I go and see first? Probably John Wick 4. But oh. we'll see. We'll touch on that. We're going to see them both. But if, you, if I had to, like, there's two screens, what would you go and see? I, I, I think... Presently, I'd go for John Wick 4. 
Yeah, before, but, but is that because it's a fresher story, or I think so, and I think just how I I think the John Wick series has gone from strength for strength. Two was better than one. Three was better than two. Whereas Matrix, kind of the opposite. Matrix. Well, Matrix. Two and three I don't was, know. Yeah. I don't know what they can really go with with four. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll touch on it because I've got I've not got a lot of information about it, um, but I do have some other cast so, members just to go through real quickly before we then we dive into. Them. We've got Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith, yeah. and Joe Pantoliano as Cypher, better known probably in the Goonies, old Joe Pantoliano. Yeah. And that that was really the cast. It was a strong cast. Mr. Anderson. Tim <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Morpheus talk really slow, like, Neo, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Um, this made Hugo Weaving's career. Yeah, it made a lot of people's careers. This is um, it was fantastic. It, it kind of changed cinema a little bit. It sort of showed effects, and obviously, like jumping forward to other ones, things like the bullet scene and that are just so iconic. Well, yeah, yeah. But, people, but... Have, people have tried to recreate it. Like obviously, things like Superman tried to recreate similar with like the bullet to the eye and all that, but it just wasn't the same. I remember scary uh, movie doing in the comedy aspect. Yeah. Well, I think one day we'll get to all the scary movies. Uh, I think they did a a lot of good. Yeah. Scary movie definitely, definitely did a lot of um, matrix things, even like the leaping kick. But by the middle of 2002, the famous bullet time sequence was over 20 different movies. See, I mean, that's ridiculous. It's but just, not surprising. It's not surprising because that 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 is iconic. The lobby scene with the shooting and just that whole sequence is just cinematic. I, I'll happily watch that over and over again. It's probably worst. I know we're, we're doing um fight scenes, but shooting scenes that's up there. Yeah, but even um, simplicity of his, you know, I know kung fu uh, scene with Lawrence Fishburne is just um, fantastic. Show me, yeah. <laughs> do you, do you know what I mean? No, it, it's just so simple to the point, but just a nice, nice, clean scene. It's um, it's decent. It's just when you watch it now, you think of mods. So, so, the, so in obviously, you didn't know mods like back then, but now with mods, it's like what people change to the games and stuff like that, especially with PC people. So Rewatching it nowadays, like obviously Neo, Morpheus, and that are people that are creating like mods in the Matrix. To kind well, would of, you um, would, would you place its rewatchability? I think it's aged very well. Yeah, I I the, the um what do you call it special effects um have aged really good. Even the scene where what's the point of a phone call if you can't speak? I couldn't see any flaw. I couldn't see like noticeable green screens, which some films back then kind of had. I think, um, if anything, I felt like the special effects got worse as it went on. As what, it became the more... The... Yeah, for the series. 
Oh yeah, when it became more special effects. Yeah, when it became more sort of special effects heavy. Yeah, you sort of almost stepped out of the scenes, sort of slightly more. But um, the original one, like, I, I think it's, um, I think it holds up because you think oh. it could have, like special effects. There's a lot, but you know, it's it's clean. It's not like Lawnmower Man where you watch back and you think, what's this? <laughs> I think they didn't throw them at you every five seconds. That's what it, I mean. It wasn't just like, oh, should we do this? It's a very uh, like out there story where the real world is actually like with machines and actually. We've done the synopsis. Yeah, it was it did literally like computer hack. It learns from mysterious rebels about the true nature of his reality. I remember. You remember that? I was in the Matrix. Um, but if you watch it, it's the little nods that you didn't realise at the time. So every time they're in the Matrix, it's like a tinge of green. Whereas every time they're in the real world, there's almost like a tinge of blue. And with the scene of the, I know, Kung Fu, because they're not in the Matrix or the real world, it's a tinge of yellow. And it's very clever for them to, to think. It's, um, it's details, like isn't it? It's pure, beautiful details. Do you know, on a side note, if someone says the Matrix to me, do you know what the first thing I think of is? Go on. Uh, Transformers the movie. Oh, yes. The Matrix is it's in Optimus Prime, isn't it? And he hands yeah, it over. Yeah, to, um, to Ultra Magnus, then um, Rodimus Prime. That's that's the real Matrix. They're basically, all of this that's happening is inside that. It's all that's, inside Optimus Prime. It's all inside Optimus Prime. The, the blue ball, that, that's the Matrix. Everything that you're hearing, that is basically our planet. That's the way I've worked it out. And the spoon, yeah, I suppose I've got to mention just to <laughs> mention the spoon scene, like, don't try and bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, think there is no spoon. It's just, there's so many classic scenes. You could argue the first 45 minutes where it's kind of an origin story, which you didn't realise at the time. You didn't know it was going to be a Matrix 2 and 3. Well, no. It kind of... Could go on a little bit before he starts going to his power, but I think it's just what do you need? Guns, lots of guns. And we, we, we spoke offline about when you see a legacy like this, it influenced a lot of things. Mobile phones. I had didn't want the phone. mobile phone. I, I had the phone. It was I the Nokia. I wanted that phone. I'm not sure if it was 7210 or something. It was the flicky one, wasn't it? I had that phone. And it just shot down, and that sold loads of phones. This film it did great for sunglasses, especially Morpheus's um glasses about the um the arms. Everyone yeah. wanted to be that, and I think just a whole leather jacket it, it encouraged a whole trend of just people wearing black black leather jackets. The whole leather, everyone wanted the leather jackets. It was just cool to be stuck in the Matrix. Yeah, The Matrix was just cool. If everyone like, what do you think of The Matrix? Apart from a good film, it just oozed coolness and everyone wanted to be Neo. Yeah, no, was, I thought, yeah, loads of great, um, I see it's, it's iconic, you know, it's, it's pushed, it pushed cinema at the time. I mean, um, obviously we'll get to budgets in a second, but um, it's, it's really impressive what they achieved. Well, the budget, like they had, they had $63 million budget. And it made a very respectable four hundred and sixty-three million dollars worldwide. 
um, which is absolutely crazy. But going, that, that, I think that's like eventually. So US and Canada, $171. Just going, 1999 was a massive year. And bearing in mind, okay, Keanu Reeves brings with him a bit of a star star. He was, it was, he was a big actor, not as big as you probably think what he is now. But for him to finish fifth that year against the powerhouses above him. So number, what do you think? Number, number four was a Pixar movie. Um, a sequel, a sequel Pixar movie for '99. Oh, try. With Tom Hanks. Oh, Toy Story. Toy Story 2. They're coming just say. under just under Toy Story 2 in fourth place. In third place, I remember the marketing campaign for this. It was like, if you see one movie this year, see Star Wars. If you see two movies this year, see Austin Powers, The Spy Shag Me. <laughs> like, genius, because he even had the thing where the bald head, and you think it's supposed to be, because obviously, I suppose I've, I've, Star Wars is like higher up the list, and Star Wars was in that year, and you think, oh my God, it's Darth Vader, but it's not. It's actually Doctor Evil. So that came in at third. Number two, Bruce Willis was seeing Dead People. Oh, Six Sense. Number two was Six Sense. That's a little treasure you forget about, isn't it? I know, right? And number one was the return of Star Wars in Star Wars, Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. But nineteen ninety nine, the films that we had: Big Daddy, The Mummy, The Blair Witch Project. That was tenth. Notting Hill. I saw The World Is Not Enough. Double Jeopardy. Wild Wild West. American Pie. Sleepy Hollow. Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea's down in twenty sixth. That was mostly me. Yeah, I, I, I suppose I don't want to ruin this. We'll probably do Deep Blue Sea like one day. I, really? I watched it. I watched it last night, and it is just Jurassic Park. I never, I, I never saw it before, but you've got an investor who visits the place yeah. because he wants to pull out. the The creatures are eating the guests. Yeah. You've got a woman who kind of doesn't want you to kill the creature. You've got someone who doesn't want to kill the creatures because sees, she sees them as pets and like protective of it. I never realised how many similarities to Jurassic Park Deep Blue Sea has. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll go. We'll go through it. But yeah, because I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll do it one day because it's very close to your heart and to my heart. Well, it's nice, isn't it? We, we can have one. We can do in the bath, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the Green Mile 1999 was a stellar year. Call Intentions, I remember seeing Call Intentions at the cinema. It was my first DVD I owned. Fight Club it, down in 56th. I remembered it bombed It bombed on the box office, but it's a cult classic now. Because of Meatloaf. Because of Meatloaf. That's crazy, isn't it? Like, it's it's going to be one of the best years in cinema. It is like, and for Matrix to finish fifth, with, with some of the pedigrees and some of the big boys in there, it's yeah, it's, it's just it's just massive. Yeah, uh, that's so, wild. So going through like so after the first one, 
I think they were told pretty much you can name your budget, was I think where it all went wrong. So the Matrix Reloaded was given like over double, $150 million budget. I can see that. And it made a very healthy and respectable $739 million. Jesus. I remember getting excited about Matrix Reloaded because they had a, the still shots of Morpheus with a samurai sword. Yeah. And that really got me excited. But it just... Yeah. And then... So that made, that made a lot of money. And then the Matrix Revolutions was given an equal $150 million. Came out in the same year, which I thought was quite... I don't think any film had done that before. Matrix Reloaded was May 15th. And Matrix Revolutions was November 5th, both in 2003. Didn't Back to the Future 2 and 3 do that? I know they're doing back to back. I don't know if they reached them in the same year. They were well close together. So I remember at the end of in, in the cinema, I swear, like as soon as Back to the Future 2 finished, it said it showed the trailer for Back to the Future 3. You did, you got a trailer for it. Which was like, what? They filmed them back to back? Yeah. Let's have a look. I, I, I want to check that out. You check that out. Um, well, you've got that, a laptop in front of you. I do, I do. Try I think it. everyone was a bit done with The Matrix by then because. It only made $427 million. I say only, but the fact that nearly half of what the Matrix Reloaded did, I think the magic... Um, I think 89 and 90. Yeah, back-to-back to, back to years. Yeah, so that's still July. good for back, for back then. That's that's quite... Yeah, so yeah, November 89 and July 1990. That's not bad, though. Close. Not bad at all. Close. Uh, the Matrix was voted 15th in the Rolling Stones magazine, 100 best movies of the 90s. I can't remember what number one was. I did look it up. Star <laughs> Wars, The Phantom Menace. No, definitely wasn't that. Shawshank Redemption. Oh, it's a good film. I know some people, it's a bit chalk and cheese, ain't it? Some people don't like it. Let's most, have a look. Most films don't. Let's have a look. Oh, we're getting down. So Matrix is 15th. 14th is Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. 13th is Fargo. Good film. 12th is Bo Travail. Don't know those. Oh, you read 11th is Groundhog Day. Yeah, 11th is Groundhog Day. Spring Break. 10 is The Piano. Yep. 9, I can't read. 8 is Malcolm X. 7 yep. is Slacker. Yeah, six I can't read. Apparently, it's called Close Up. Uh, fifth is Pulp Fiction. Fourth is The Silence of the Lambs. Three is Safe. Two is Hoop Dreams. Oh, yeah, number one is Goodfellas. All my life, all I wanted to be was a gangster. But yeah, just for 15th to go with some with. The amount of stuff, especially the stuff in 1999 alone, that's pretty test of time. Oh, massively. We did ask people to get involved on Twitter. We said pretty much like Red Pill, do you love it? Blue Pill, you wish you never saw it. Out of 20 votes, 95% would take the Red Pill and love it. That's fair, but even, but even with that, though, if you think people now st- still use like the Blue Pill red pill thing for like memes and jokes and 
that that sort of thing alone is like massive. Oh, it's definitely lasted the test of time. I think so. Right, let's dive into um, other bits, games and toys and everything. Yeah, a couple of games. Uh, on May 15th, 2003, Enter the Matrix was released in North America. Concurrently with the Matrix Reloaded. So when the Matrix Reloaded film came out, we actually got Enter the Matrix, the game. Very clever. See the film, go home and buy the game. So the first of three video games related to the films, it told a story running parallel to The Matrix Reloaded and features scenes that were shot during the filming of The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions. So it's almost like you haven't got the whole story unless you buy the game, which is genius. It is genius. Two more Matrix games released in 2005. The Matrix Online game continued the story beyond The Matrix Revolutions, while The Matrix Path of Neo... Allow players to control Neo in scenes from the film trilogy, but then the Matrix Online was shut down in 2009. I, I don't think the games were massive successes. No, but it's a weird game, though, isn't it? It's the idea of it. I know um, they also had the anime series, the um, Animatrix. I've never seen it, but it's meant to be pretty good. Yeah, I've got it on DVD. It's nine short animated um, stories, like different directors, different visions. It's definitely worth seeing. It's definitely it's very enjoyable. But that was I think everyone was in the Matrix um wanted a piece of that. Toys. Yeah, toys. Um DSK um premiums, I think had the original line in nineteen ninety nine, which um were good like for sort of posing as things like the um they all came with like loads of guns and sort of were good for like posing scenes and stuff, I guess. So they look really they're, cool. Yeah, considering like if you think 1999, they're, they're really impressive. Mm. Um, of course, you've got like Funko Pops of them all, like Agent Smith, Neo, Trinity, Morpheus. I don't think this is Funko's finest work, if I'm honest. They're worth a bit of money though. Yeah, I, say, well, I won't be giving one of these away. I won't be giving one of these away free. They're not. Very, if you got one of these, they're they're worth no, they're not worth worth a fortune, but they're definitely double the value. But yeah, the lightness. I I, I don't like that Agent Smith is in a black suit, whereas yeah. it should be in a grey suit. There's a little, there's a little piece. Of the, as you say, not their finest moment. The lightness Early is days, a bit. Though, they've they've evolved, didn't it? They used to basically. It would be almost like the mould and, yeah, we'd put things on top of it. They've sort of grown into what they do now. They're a different beast now. Yeah. So you look back at any of the early sort of, like, pops and they, they, they're nothing like what they do now. No, they're um, they're quite a different different beast now. Yeah, but um, it was still, like I said, very collectible, very, very smart, especially if you had the whole collection. They'd look really cool. There's a really cool... Matrix box set you can buy, which has Neo kind of coming out of almost like a phone with all with all the discs. Even though you probably only watched the first movie, and, and the Animatrix, in all honesty, the Animatrix is good. But the other two, I haven't rewatched them, so I don't know if they've done the test of time. But I just think they were given too much of a budget. Whereas the first one was like less is more sometimes 
And I think they felt because they had a 150 million budget, they had to use it all. And it forced scenes that we didn't, it just got a little bit silly, really. I always said, Ed, the first Matrix was amazing because you always question what the Matrix was and then should leave it at that. Whereas Matrix 2 and 3, they did too much to try to answer what the Matrix was. And we didn't like that answer. That was always my... Yeah, sometimes it's just um, you give people enough and you sort of make your own interpretation and the conversation never dies, you know. It's, It's... There's something beautiful about, you know, the fans trying to analyse and work out what the fuck it is, and it becomes, you know, in your forums and your, your yeah, podcast. Like fiction with a briefcase. Exactly. Perfect example. You know, forever people will be debating what's in the briefcase, because it's just... I mean, it's and Quentin Tarantino says he'll never tell us, because he wants us... It, it, the magic is what we think. Yeah, sometimes the power is like, you know... Changing the subject, like obviously, I love horror films, and I, I feel like the best horror death scenes are ones that you don't see because your mind will create something better than you ever see. Oh, it's like I know it's not a horror. Well, I don't know if you call it a horror or not, but I always go back to Seven, and one of the deadly scenes is where you know he's kind of like fuck that prostitute with a with a knife like strap on. And you don't see you don't see the damage he's done to her or anything exactly, like that. Exactly. You see the picture of it, and your mind. Yeah, jumps exactly. But in, in your head, you, you feel like you've seen that scene, and it was horrendous, even though you yeah. haven't. Do you know what I mean? Even though you haven't. But like I said, um, that, that's that's the beauty, like you know, the conversation and all that is is what it's all about. That's what makes cinema. You know, fantastic. If you give all the answers, there's nothing really to talk about apart from just say, yeah, no, it's good. It's worth watching. Amen. And there's just some comics. Um, Matrix comics, set of comics and short stories based on the series, written illustrated by figures from the comic industry. Um, one of the comics was written by the Wachowskis, oh. illustrated by the films. The artwork looks pretty damn good. Um, by September 4, the first printed volume had sold over 60,000 <coughs> copies. And the only news I suppose left to say is about the Matrix 4 before we go on to our fight news. So it's coming. It's coming 2022. We know Keanu Reeves is on board. We know Jada Pinkett Smith is on board. Carrie Ann Moss is on board. No news of Lawrence Fishburne. No news of Hugo Weaving. Um, and that's it. We know he's set to release April 1st, 2022. The same kind of time and weekend as John Wick 4. It's a good story to follow that. We'll keep an eye on that one. Yeah. Bit interesting and story. That's, that's it, really. That That's the magic yeah, of what, the Matrix. What's, what's, what's the legacy of the Matrix? I think dissecting, we finish it off every week with what's the legacy of this film? I view it as a game changer. Um, you know, apart from being a standalone great film, I, I think it changed a lot of the way certain bits in cinema was done. Like you said, the bullet scene and stuff like that. So it was a bit of a visionary in that sense. I have to give a nod to the soundtrack because the soundtrack was amazing. Yeah, you sent the whole list in. I mean, obviously, I sort of like I knew it, but you forget. I mean, oh, Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson. That's a banging songs on that and that, that end scene where Raging Machine plays in as he flies up like come on do, 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 do. It, Minefields by The Prodigy that 
the soundtrack was a gem. Yeah, no, big soundtrack. Um, but yeah, great, great, great film. That's, Which I believe it takes us to our top six fight scenes in film. I put in brackets part one because I've got a feeling this won't be the end. Everybody it's, was kung fu fighting. It's going to be very um, opinionated sort of list. So there'll be a lot of scenes that I'm expecting people to point out to us. So I expect us to revisit this and it turns into almost like the top six that goes to the top six ends up with a final six almost. But for now, these are the six we're doing. Um, do we run through the list very quickly? Yeah, run through the list. So we've got, so we have scoured the internet and everywhere to see what people think. And we found six that we think are worthy of this list. We've got... Way of the Dragon, Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris. We've got Old Boy Corridor Scene. We've got John Wick Free Library Scene. Captain America Winter Soldier Lift Scene. The Raid 2 Kitchen Scene. And Mission Impossible Fallout Bathroom Scene. All great fights, but we have to rank them. We have to rank them. Give us um... a six. My six, um, I don't know if it's shocking or not with this one. I don't know how it works. Um, John Wick 3, the library scene. Oh. Enjoyed it just too quick. That's, that's my only downfall with it. It's about two minutes long, very fast scene. That, that to me, is why it falls. I think there's better scenes uh, lengthwise, and I think because of the speed, it drops down to the bottom for me. That's fair. Uh, my bottom is... Old boy corridor scene. It it was good. Like this, this is kind of t- towards the top of most people's lists on websites. It just seemed a bit far fetched. Where there seems to be like twenty of them, and he it was okay. Wouldn't call it a masterpiece. Yeah, for me, it just again got a little bit far fetched compared to the other ones on the list. So I kind of that that's my number six. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Where are you at at number five? Number five, unfortunately, I put Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris, Where the Dragon. Reason being, it, it, there was a lot of pauses and stops. It was great. I forgot how hairy a man Chuck Norris is. But it, every time I feel like they were going to go at it, they just kind of stop and look at each other for a little bit. And I just wanted like the, the momentum and the tempo to carry on, carry on. Great, great fight, don't get me wrong, but just two stops and starts, stops and starts. So I, I put Lee versus Norris, Way of the Dragon. My number five is um, Captain America Winter Soldier, the lift fight. Um, again, nice scene, just felt a bit too Marvel for my liking. I wanted a bit of purity and that, and just sort of the art of the fight, I guess. And it just... Um, yeah, it did, did tick the boxes for me, this one. Yeah, no, that's pretty much why it's my number four. So, yeah, number four, Captain America, Winter Soldier, the lift scene. I, I, I suppose I, I love the fact he's stuck inside, but again, a little bit like all of them can't take him on. And so, yeah, for, for me, it got a little bit, it was fourth. Yeah, just, yeah, it kind of, yeah. Um, number four for me, I went for the raid to the kitchen fight. So my thing with this was this was 
an amazing, amazing fight. Like it was epic. It had length. It had craziness. It ticked most of my boxes. The only reason that it's number four for me is I just didn't like the death scene. I thought it was too brutal. And uh, for me, uh, for me, I just I don't know. Again, like I said, with a nice sort of fight scene, almost when it's quite a sort of clean. I, I just wanted the purity at the end. I didn't. I didn't get with this. It felt quite a savage kind of death that I don't know. It didn't sort of work with two people having such a nice sort of battle. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. So yeah. Uh, my number three, uh, John Wick three, library four, scene. No, my number four was Captain America. Oh, of course it was. Uh, number three, yeah, John John Wick three, library scene. I just love the the close to it, and it's just, just John Wick fights do really well. Just they just feel really real, and the noises and the use of the book as well. I I I really enjoy it. When I came out of that whole film of all the fight scenes that scene stuck out for me and it's right at the beginning of the movie. So I gave it a, gave it a third place. What have you got in third? I've got a Mission Impossible Fallout, the bathroom fight scene. Um, I feel like it's, I want to say underrated, but it's number three on my list. It's, it's kind of like, it's a good fight scene. It's got a, a touch of comedy. Um, I like the fact that Tom Cruise kind of just keeps getting the shit kicked out of him and the other guy has to sort of keeps bailing him out. It's kind of like, it's quite funny in that sense. And, um, yeah, I, I thought it was decent. So I didn't mind it. enjoyed watching it back. Yeah, it was my number two. So I might as well jump in on number two. Fallout, it just, it's just great. Just this one guy trying to take Tom Cruise and uh, Cavill trying to take him on. It's just brutal. I just, I just love the use of the of the bathroom as well. Just thrown around, and I just really enjoyed it. That was my number two. Yeah, my number two was um, Old Boy, the um, the hallway fight scene. Um, I appreciate this for a different reason. I mean, the fight itself. I understand what you were saying about, you know, the touch. Like, is it believable and all that? There's a few sort of bits that I really loved. I love the fact there was no cuts. There's yeah. no change of angles. It's just a scrolling shot going across. I think things like that, I think it was absolutely beautiful in that sense as like a sort of cinematic like scene. I thought it was an absolute masterpiece. So that is why, because there's a lot of fight scenes that you think, oh, that was good. But it's, you know, it's like the next one that you've seen. Do you know what I mean? when this one had something quite unique, by the way, it was just shot in that one angle, scrolling in one cut. I thought, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Oh, definitely. I, I do enjoy the fact that apparently the lift opened and he just smiles and then you see all the bodies fall out of the lift. And everyone just constantly nice asking, is he dead? And it was just like this whole constant, just like, is he dead? Is he dead? Everyone just kept asking, is he dead? I just thought it's just, I don't know. There's loads of little bits that I just thought beautiful. Um, and my number one, Probably no surprise is Way of the Dragon Lee versus Norris. I just don't know how you can have Bruce Lee on your list and he doesn't sort of nestle in somewhere at number one. I enjoyed this scene. I understand what you said about the breaking, but it's just the way a lot of those films sort that, of are. That ending's a bit brutal. It is. He sort of hooked him in a guillotine choke and then sort of. I was expecting. I thought he just put him to sleep. I was expecting him to sort of get up. 
But uh, no, it's only when he put like the thing over his over his face, like do you think, oh, he's at his chest. He's a very hairy man, Chuck Norris. Ain't he? He's he's, he's, he's very take, hairy. Just couldn't take my eyes off his hairy chest. It's hypnotic. <laughs> and I don't get the bit where where what do you call it? Bruce Lee kind of puts his hand on like his chest and he pulls it away. It's almost like he's grabbed like a handful of hair. <laughs> just... He did. No, but um, yeah, it was, it was nice. I mean, Bruce Lee's just, without him, there'd be nothing. He's just sort of in awe of the guy. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and my number one was the Ray 2 kitchen scene. The choreograph. Of the, I get what you're saying with the ending was gruesome. When, when the guy started bringing the knives out, even though it's his own fault, he's the one who brought the knives to the fight, it, it did get a little bit kind of, this is uncomfortable to watch. But even before that, he was kicking the absolute shit out of him. He was. I mean, like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about it. I just, I just felt like the oh, brutality at the end. I thought, oh. the, all six fights are really good fights. That's why it's the top six. So, it's really hard to. Yeah, none of them are bad. None of them are bad. Just, it, it's interesting that kind of my one is kind of high. My number one is quite low on yours, and your number one is my number six. Um, but that's that's because it's probably why I never watched the Matrix. If you oh, sorry, my number, my number five. No, my number five was Lee versus Norish. Your number five was the Ray Two, right? Um, no, four was, number was four? Ray Two. No, was yeah, four. wasn't quite as brutal as you. But John Wick was number six on mine. He was number three on yours. So yes. it's all um, it's all there thereabouts. Like they're all great scenes. We'll put this list up. Obviously, get involved. Um, if you like it, hate it, suggest other fight scenes. Do it. They'll be on our um, Instagram and Twitter. And if people wanted to find our Instagram, Griff, where could they find it? They can find us at Paul and Griff Show. And if people wanted to follow us on Twitter, where would they find it? You, you can follow us at, at Paul and Griff Show. And if you go to either Instagram or Twitter and you find one of us, hit the link in our bio and you get quick access to all of our links, including where you can listen to us. Yeah, I mean, it's so much easier what we've done now. I mean, you basically click on it. You recognise the podcast host or the other social media page. You can click on it to take you straight there. So everything's all done in the link of the bio, especially with Instagram, who aren't really helpful with links. It's um, it's ideal. You got to follow both, otherwise you're only getting half of the magic. You're not like, you're not seeing our Instagram stories, you're not seeing our tweets. You yeah. got to follow both. There'll be competition. We've done some competitions. We've been blown away at last week's competition. Just how many people entered? So thank you again. Yeah, like I said, it's not we're not a. We're not a mirror social media account. You're not going to go on Twitter and see the same stuff on Instagram and vice versa. They're all sort of their own little free spirits and it's just a little bit crazy. So I, I think they're worth following, but I'm slightly biased, I guess. Just just tweet us or comment on one of our, one of our um, Instagram pictures and just, just chat to us about movies. We're here to chat. We love it. Get involved. We do love it. Let's talk about the um, hallway scene in Old Boy. Oh, it's a beautiful scene. Uh, but that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much. Like we said, make sure you follow those social media accounts and then you'll find out first what we are dissecting next week. Don't be surprised if there's a couple of little hints that we throw out. I know a few of you guessed it was The Matrix by a few little sort of bits that were put in the stories on Instagram. 
And um, so, yeah, keep your eye out. And um, let's do this. Thank you for the love and support. Like, share, subscribe. Boom. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.